Completely rational presidential candidate Ted Cruz, welcome to the herd mentality. Good morning. It's it's good to be with you and, and happy Easter today. Thanks for joining us. Now you're campaigning pretty hard for a political and theocratic philosophy. How are things going on the campaign trail against your political opponents, and what are your long-term goals? If and when we use military force, we will use it to win, to defeat our enemies with overwhelming force, and then we'll get the heck out. We won't engage in nation building. Sounds good. And I'll tell you, if I'm president. We will utterly and completely destroy the United States of America. Well, let's discuss your policies. No idea how to do that. Can you try anyway? I mean, how would you cut costs? And welfare benefits. And those currently receiving those benefits should be imprisoned and tortured. Outstanding. What will happen with that money saved? That money will be used to fund Islamic terrorists. Your thoughts on Christianity? Every single region on Earth has gotten worse. So they're out too. Carpet bomb them. Into oblivion. Would you say that critical thinking is a worthy trait for a president? That is wrong and that is immoral. So instead, direct our efforts to increase spreading terrorism. Final thoughts on the Buddhists? Our prayers are with them. If you were to sum up your policies in a single sentence, these are complete, made-up lies. They're garbage. Ted Cruz, thanks for your time. Look, we've got real problems in America. Welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, an eclectic non-weekly mix of atheistic, humanistic and scientific conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, entertain you with some scintillating repartee. This is a listener-supported show and you can help boost quality and quantity at HerdMentalityPodcast.com and then click on support. Your contribution makes all the difference for the show and 10% of it goes to women in developing countries. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, found on Twitter, Facebook and Google+, and it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the electric Skype for, for a chat, it's the first time since we've spoken in about two years, I've got Subject H, which stands for human being. Hello, Subject H. Hi. <laughs> Is that an appropriate name? Yes, I, I like it. <laughs> I think it goes with your eyes. <laughs> have you even seen my eyes? No, I have no idea what you look like. That's funny. <laughs> and, and I'll pretend okay, that's at this point, so I, I have never seen you, but I'll pretend at this point that uh, I don't even know which country you're from. Okay. But you and I, we met, oh, what, two, maybe two and a half, three years ago when I first started yeah. doing the show? Yeah, I think it was in the beginning. Like, I think you started it. You just started at the time. Let's find out a little bit more about you first. What's your situation? Right now? Hmm. Do <laughs> you want me to say the country that I'm in? Because I'm still in that country. <laughs> no, don't say that country. Um, okay. Well, I'm still in a very, like, uh, conservative place. I still live there. And I, I study there right now in first-year university. Uh-huh. Yeah, I still live with my parents, actually. Oh, wow. And, like, you know, to be honest... Uh, nothing much has cha- like drastically changed in the past couple of years, except for like my mentality and the other people that I meet. Um, you know, th- th- this is interesting because you live in a place that is really controlled by a religion, and you and I yeah. met because of this controlling religion. Uh, we didn't meet in the best of circumstances. It was 
it was on social media. Uh, we spoke yeah. on Skype. Uh, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, social media is like a lifesaver, to be honest. It sounds so like uh, so stupid of me to say, but honestly, it is because uh, here you don't really meet different types of people. You just, like People are mostly the same in this place, but on social media, you, you get to choose what type of people you expose yourself to. So, you know? okay, let's be clear. What sort of people do you want to associate with? Just open-minded people in general. <laughs> <laughs> and where you, where you live at the moment? Are there many of those? Uh, in this country? Not really, but I, do, I have found some. Now, how did you find those? <laughs> Actually, like, I didn't look for them. I just, you know, you just find these people. Like, uh, about a year ago, I met... Uh, this guy and uh, actually a while after I met him he came out to me that he's gay and uh, obviously this is not acceptable but he knew that I was uh, kind of open-minded he didn't know everything about me but he knew that I was open-minded so uh, he came out to me well not he's he's not like uh, like he doesn't call himself an atheist but he doesn't believe either you know like he's somewhere in between right now mm-hmm which, which is something I think. I think most religious people get go through that phase where they're like, you know, not sure, but they don't want to call themselves an atheist yet. It's a dirty word, especially uh, yeah. especially in the <laughs> it's country. It's very like, stigmatized. I think. <laughs> especially in the country you live in. I mean, being gay and an atheist. Yeah. Mm. That's also that's also pretty bad, actually. Anyway, I got to to know him, and uh, his friends also were open minded. Well, not all of them, obviously. But you, like after knowing people for a certain time, you can tell if they're open-minded enough or not. Even if they're not atheists themselves, you can still be honest with them about who you are. Yeah, you still have to be careful still mm. like, uh, before you say anything wrong about yourself because it can really harm you. Yeah, no, it's a it's a dangerous scenario to be in, and that's what you and I discussed when we very first met. It was important yeah. to to remain safe. So. What has changed in the last two years since you and I last spoke? Well, okay. Uh, after it calmed down, I realized that I wasn't leaving my parents anytime soon. So instead of uh, like fighting them or uh, just like fighting for what I believe or don't believe, I thought of just cooperating with them and just uh, as long as I'm here, I might as well just like uh, please them, you know. So I've kind of stopped discussing it, the topic of atheism and uh you know like other things that i want to do i mean they know i'm not religious i mean i don't pray and uh i don't know a lot of things but like uh they still feel like i'm religious like at heart or something i just uh act like i am sometimes just to please them so did you make any changes to the clothes you wear no (laughs) actually that's the like that's the main thing that bothers me personally because, like, I don't know, other things you you can pretend to do, like, you can pretend to pray or something, but you can't pretend to wear something that you're not wearing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is something that really bothers me because I don't like the clothes that I wear right now. But uh, at the same time, I feel like, uh, like it's not so bad right now. And when I get to pay for my own house and, like, live independently, I can do whatever I want. So I can wait for them. Uh, I don't want to make my parents seem like bad guys or anything. I mean, I do love them a lot. Like, they've done a lot of things for me. Obviously, they love me too. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, because of uh, me cooperating with them kind of in the past couple of years, actually, just last week, they let me travel on my own to another country. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so let's, that's, pre- a, that's a, let's like, call that country. Me, 
Let's call that country yeah. Japan. Yeah, I went to Japan. <laughs> no, it's actually like it's still a close country, but it's like millions of times more free than this country that I'm in. Okay, so look, and, yeah, uh, it was Japan, and you actually yes. live in North Korea. Yeah, they're all sort of close. Well, yeah, that works. <laughs> Like, if you'd asked me a year ago if I would imagine my parents letting me, like, travel on my own, I would call you crazy because, I mean, not just me, but any, anyone in this country, like, doesn't really have that privilege, especially as a, as a girl. You're a girl. This is big news. I thought we are keeping you anonymous. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I should have changed my voice. <laughs> well, I think the Skype lag might be doing that for you. Nobody will ever know. <laughs> okay. Could I read you the email that you first sent me? Yeah, sure. Oh, not, not, not first sent me, but the email that you sent me a couple of days ago, and it just says, hello, this might be an unusual email. I'm doing this in your voice, by the way. And I don't <laughs> This is what it sounds like. Uh, yes. No, go on. <laughs> and I don't know if this is the address I should send it to, but it's the only one of yours that I found. So my name is, uh, Subject H. And I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago, I messaged you on Twitter and asked for help. I was in a really bad place and I didn't know who else to reach out for. I was contemplating ending my life because at the time it seemed like there was no way out. And I know suicidal thoughts are something that can be eradicated with a simple Skype call. But talking to you that day really did help me and give me hope to move on. And a few days back I remembered that day and I thought I'd email you to thank you again. I really don't know what I would have done. I'm so grateful for everything. A little update on myself is that life isn't so bad for me right now, even though I'm still living in <clears throat> North Korea. I found a number of like-minded people, actually, and they make it easier to tolerate this place. I hope you're doing well, too. Thanks again and have a good day. And that, that was the email that just arrived out of nowhere after about two years. So, Subject H, it's so good to have you on the show finally, because <laughs> I, I, I really wanted to talk to you at that time and put you on the show. And we couldn't do that for reasons that, well, there, there were a number of reasons, but I still do have that conversation, the conversation that you reference in that email. Yeah. And I'd like to, I'm going to send it to you and let you listen to it. I'll make some changes to it just to uh, protect your anonymity and uh, nationality. Yeah, if you're okay with it, we'll insert it into the show. I think it's important to do because it can show that just by speaking to somebody on social media, it, someone who's not yeah. a health professional like myself, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at very much at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. <laughs> You are. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. Um, but we could, the important thing being that it, it's a community that is growing. And I remember oh, a couple of years ago when we first spoke, I asked if there were some people you could go and associate with whom you could connect in your local yeah. environment. And you didn't really know. So uh, apart from social media and apart from your, your friends, is your community growing? Of non-believers? Are you meeting more and more people? Are you becoming organized? Well, not organized, but uh, yeah, you do meet more people. because, Like, just the fact that even one person exists in this country is, like, huge enough, you know? Yeah. There are more, but you have to find them in a way because, you know, obviously they would be very secretive about it. Mm -hmm. And the people who think in the same way you do usually end up in prison. Yeah, or worse. Or, or being lashed or pushed off. <laughs> 
the top of buildings or disowned. There's there's some terrible, terrible stuff that goes on there. I think I think most of them are uh, killed. I think I'm not sure. <laughs> so, what are your plans for the future? Well, uh, like I said, I'm currently studying like first year. What? I'm actually studying medicine. <laughs> medicine, fantastic. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't know I would go into that until recently. But yeah, it happened in my university here. Like the program is five years long, and then there's a year of internship you can do in this country. So in six years. I would be uh, basically free to do residency anywhere mm-hmm. in five or six years. My plan is to go somewhere and do my residency. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the plan so far. Like, that's what I want to do. I feel like by that time, I would be uh, free enough to do whatever I want because I would be making my own money, you know. Mm. And you're not reliant on yeah on the on your parents. Yeah, mm. I've often thought of you. Over the last couple of years, and just wondered how you're going, and what happened after. <laughs> Sorry, it took me so long. Oh, look, that's that's fine. This this whole show takes forever to to do. So. <laughs> yeah. Nothing nothing happens quickly in the herd mentality recording dungeon. <laughs> but what happened after we spoke? Do you remember what steps did you take to improve your situation? Well, uh, I was in a bad place for a while. Like, I was pretty down. I don't like uh, to use huge words like depressed or anything, but I was, like, beaten up about the whole situation and was, like, spending a lot of time in my room. But then, uh, like I said, I realized that, like, being uh, angry at them wouldn't change anything. And like I said, I do love my parents. And, you know, I can't be angry at them for believing in something they were brought up to believe in. Mm-hmm. And I realized that they're not evil people. They're, they're just looking for... Uh, my best interest and in their mind this is my best interest is like to be a good religious person and go to heaven and everything mm-hmm. and i just started thinking about it and like trying not to take like uh, be so defensive you know i just talked to them and uh, i think i apologized for my behavior i don't remember and then i just uh, started acting normally and uh, instead of focusing on the things that i couldn't do because of religious reasons, I start th- like thinking more about the things that I could do in the meantime. You know, like uh, I could uh, read more books or stuff like that. You know, yeah. just work on myself until I I get to leave and then do some things that I really want to do, things that are uh, unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> so to say. And yeah, it was it wasn't so bad. But like uh, the thing is, at the time, I think all people need is hope, and I felt like I had no hope to leave in the first place, which is. Silly to think of now because you know, obviously I would leave at some point, but it felt like even if I left, it wouldn't be the same because the thing about where I'm from, we're a very like close knit community. So even if someone travels to another country, everyone still knows a lot about them, mm-hmm. and we love to gossip. So <laughs> if I were to do anything, people would gossip, and it's so silly. These are <laughs> grown up people gossiping about other people because they have nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like if I were to travel, people would gossip about something I would do and, you know, and then it would reach my parents and then uh, they would be upset, obviously, and uh, I would never get to do something that I wanted to do. But I realized, you know, I really don't care what people think so much. In all honesty, all I care about is what my parents think. And this is still a problem for me now, but I just don't think about it as much because... I'll just deal with it when I get there, yeah. you know? Like, still, if, if I go do something crazy now, my parents know they would be upset. And, uh, well, I don't know about my, my dad, but my mom would probably disown me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I but, think you mentioned something similar in the first conversation we had. 
Yeah, yeah, that's kind of more open-minded than my mom. He's, he's still, like, very religious, but he doesn't uh, condemn doubting your religion or anything, but she condemns all critical thought, so... Mm. When the time comes to move to another country, I know of somebody else who has escaped North Korea, and I can probably put you in touch with that person to help you out. I, th- I think you did. <laughs> oh, and did you yeah. did you talk? Oh, we did for a while, but then I uh, I left Twitter. Like I deleted my account and everything, and just like focus on myself. I think. Yeah, often a good thing to do. <laughs> So, have you been listening to other podcasts since? Have you been reading much? What sort of... What are you using to keep your mind active? uh, Actually, yeah, I've uh, recently gone into philosophy, (laughs) which I don't know how people feel about that, but it's actually very interesting. There's a podcast called The History of Philosophy. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to that. Yeah, just reading more about it because it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need some sort of philosophy, I think, for medicine because it's... You need ethics. You need to be able to make a decision in the best interest of a patient, and that's what you're studying. Yeah, true. Hmm? I actually took an ethics course in the beginning of the year, and (laughs) a lot of it was very religious. uh, Of course it was. Did they quote the the North Korean Bible? Uh, I think they did, yeah. And but they also quoted other things. But yeah, they did, and they always said, uh, you know, religion should be your um, like your main guide. Kind of. That's terrifying because if <laughs> if any yeah. if anybody has read between the lines and knows what we're talking about, that is a terrifying, <laughs> terrifying prospect. And I would not like you to operate on me. <laughs> no, don't worry. It's okay. I'll, I'll be good. <laughs> you sound... Because when you first got in touch with me, I thought, I... Subject H, let me go back through the archives. And this was long before I had any reasonable recording equipment. I was doing everything with a very cheap headset. And I yeah. thought, oh, let me go and have a listen. And I listened back and you... There was this gradual change over that discussion where you were really not in a good place to where you were in a place that was tolerable. And now yeah. you you sound like you've stepped another... Uh, you're light years ahead. You've moved so far. And I'm really proud of yeah. you. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> That's nice. Have you got any advice for other people who are currently uh, suffering in North Korea? Um, well, <laughs> personally for me, the, the main thing that helped me was realizing that you're not alone, as cliche as it sounds. By realizing that there are other people like you, you're not the only one who's uh, in North Korea who's uh, non-religious. And uh, at, at first, that's what's uh, like really difficult, realizing that you start doubting. And here, nobody doubts uh, publicly. So even if there were people like you, you feel so alone and uh, secluded and you don't feel like... Uh, you feel very different. My only advice is just realizing that you're not alone and that you can always make the best out of your situation. And just with time, every, anyone can leave, I think. Mm. And it's a tricky one because leaving is often the best option. It's You're not in a situation where it's a democracy and people can uh, protest in the streets because that yeah. would involve a lot of bullets and people dying. Uh, exactly. You're in a, a very, very difficult situation. I do think leaving is is probably the best move just quietly. So that's why I say when the time yeah. comes, we'll see what we can do to help you. But it is fantastic to hear from you. It, it's I, I can't tell you how happy I am. Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm, I'm really happy too. 
I mean, I feel, I feel very lucky to be honest. It's, even though my situation is pretty shitty, I mean, if you really think about it, but no, I'm I'm pretty happy. I feel really lucky, and for uh, you know everything that I have, just like having internet access alone is uh, pretty good. Yeah, it allows you to get onto uh, podcasts like this that no one listens to, but uh, just <laughs> <laughs> just quietly, yeah. I, I've um, I had a look at the download figures from the country called North Korea. And we do have listeners there. There's a couple of hundred people who listen really? to Yeah. Who who listen to this show. So but North Korea is a big place. You know, there's there's tens of millions yeah. of well fed people in your country and there's no chance of, of you being identified as subject H. Yeah, I don't think anyone I know would listen to it. No offense, but like uh, they're done, so mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's pretty rubbish. Okay. <laughs> Look Subject H, thank you so much for coming on. And I know that the audience, for, for the audience, this is going to be a bit of a, a shock because there's not really a lot of context, but now there is. So let me send you this file, see what you think. Okay. So, Subject H, thank you so much for coming on the Herd Mentality. No problem. Herd Mentalists, hear me! Now, this next part of the show may cause some distress, so I thought I'd warn you in advance. This episode has literally been years in the making and I want you to hear it for what it is. A good news story and a small example of how simple it can be to help somebody else just using Skype, social media, etc. And I do apologise in advance for the audio quality because uh, living in a theocracy is not a good thing. That's why 10% of the money from the supporters of the show go to Kiva.org to help women in developing countries with their education including repayments from other loans, previous loans we've made. We've helped Lady Girl Group... Gone and Roses Group, Khadija, Rufa and Hela, all in Lebanon, as well as Paranzem in Armenia and Claudia in Peru. That's seven new loans. And you can help the show at patreon.com slash herdmentality and pledge just a few dollars an episode like Philip, Paradise Puppies, Aaron, Jaded Zappa, Stacy, Robert, James and Christian with his ironic name. Alternatively, you can help by giving us a one-off donation at HerdMentalityPodcast.com and click support, like Frankie and Nana did. And the support you guys give helps continue to grow and produce the show, and I can't thank you enough for it. Now, here's one of the first conversations that I had with Subject H. Hey. Hmm, sorry, I just came out so so abruptly and fast and... Out of the blue. I understand. It sounds like you're not having a good day. No. Are you alone at the moment? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm alone. How long are you going to be alone for? Okay. Um, I don't know. I guess a while. Alright. Well, I'll stay with you as long as you need. I don't think anyone's going to... Okay, thank you so much. I was talking to my parents, um, uh, like, an hour ago, and then it got a bit messy, you know, because it was about religion and all that, and I don't know, I feel like, I feel like I'll never have my, the freedom that, that I want, and if I can't have my freedom, then what's the point of living? Can you hear me? I can. It 
it's breaking up a little bit. I heard what you said, and I'm. I think it's very. Okay. I think it's very important. Um, I was actually listening to a podcast on this earlier. So, do you want to just listen to me speak for a few minutes, or do you want to continue? Oh no, I'd like to hear you speak. Okay. Because my voice is breaking. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast earlier where an author was interviewed. His name is Chris Krasmensky. And they were talking about people in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. People who are in a, in a restrictive family and when it's a good time to, to, to have this discussion. And he pointed out that it's a smart thing to do to wait until you're able to support yourself before you make uh, before you do mm. anything dangerous. Now, okay. as an atheist, I think you understand the importance of your life. You only have one life. Yeah, I know. So, uh, sometimes it... But what, what's the point of a life if it's, if it's... What's the point of living a life if it's not the life you want? Well, that's a very deep philosophical question, and it's it's not my place to <laughs> to make that decision for somebody else. But you're in a position where you have your health, yeah. you're a smart girl, and you have a future. Thanks. I think it's I think it's possible to to find a solution. And I'm happy to speak with you or try and find somebody who can help you to deal with it. I mean, if you just need to call up and, and talk sometimes and uh, and just have a chat like we're talking about now, then I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll do what I can to help you. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah, um, we were talking about religion and uh, we usually do. And they kind of figure out, figured out that I wasn't afraid of God and that I didn't believe in heaven and hell. And we were talking about the headscarf that I wear. I don't want to wear it anymore. And they said mean things to me, you know. I, I just, I felt as my parents, they shouldn't have said those things. And, you know, I didn't feel like they really loved me. They're my parents, they're supposed to. And they just basically said that if I removed it and if I'm not afraid of God, then they're ashamed of me and they're going to disown me. And I don't know. I I mean, I, I think I'm a good person and I've been good to them. I don't see why a difference of opinion would make them hate me so much. You're a, um, you are a good person. And what you... Your, your opinions are important and your well-being is important. This is how religion works. Um, I want you to think very carefully because you said you were considering hurting yourself and I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't like for that to happen. I really wouldn't. I'd like to meet you one day. <laughs> I, I'd like that. <laughs> Maybe we should make that our goal. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I hope so. Another thing I was uh, sad about today because um, my dad was talking to me about the headscarf and uh, he asked me if I wanted to take it off and I said I did. And he told me in the society that we live in, which is, I mean, it's not exactly the safest thing to do. And I told him I wouldn't be taking it off here. I would be taking it off in another country. Mm. And that's where I think I made a mistake because, I mean, before he was considering sending me to college somewhere, you know, without them. But now he sees that I have, you know, plans and <laughs> everything. So maybe he won't consider sending me away anymore. So... I might have done a big mistake today. Well... Yeah, he told me if uh, I'm planning to take it off, you, you know, maybe he shouldn't send me at all. Out, like, uh, foreign countries. Well, I mean, I'm just, I don't know what to do now. What you are doing is integrating into the society where you live as best you can. So maybe mm -hmm. you could say to him, look, I wasn't very clear on what I've said before. But if we went to a society where it was frowned upon to wear the headscarf or, or whatever, then I'd want to integrate into that society as best I can. Mm. I don't know. That That's just a thought. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not a professional. Um, yeah, yeah. Is that the sort of thing that might help? Yeah, I think so. Um, it depends, I guess. I'll talk to him tomorrow. And... What else bothered me is that, you know, after I talked to my dad, he went to sleep. And then my mom came in and she told me how disappointed he was in me. And that I was disobeying God and that I was shaming them all. And that she was going to send me to religious school now again. I mean, she used to before and then she stopped and she's going to send me again. And I don't want to go, but that's not the point. The point is she was really disappointed in me both of them were and i don't understand why they were disappointed in me i mean i love them i don't want them to be but they are i think they're perhaps disappointed in themselves because they haven't been able to build a cage around your imagination yeah and you know that's what they said actually <laughs> my mom told me you know um that's what she said. She's like, your dad told me we gave you freedom and you misused it. And I wanted to her, you know, exactly. You gave me freedom and this is what freedom gives you. Yeah, yeah, this is what it leads you to. If they gave you freedom and you didn't do exactly what they wanted, then it was never freedom to begin with. I know. <laughs> I wish they would understand my, my opinions. I mean, I just want them to see that I, I really mean no harm and... You know, you can't force a belief. I mean, I can't force myself to believe in something. Are you at risk of violence? Um, no, I don't think so. They've never hurt me. Okay. It's more of uh, mental, you know, mental abuse, I think. I'll be here to help you whenever you need me. I'll give you my contact details, and if you just need to talk, it doesn't matter what time, you can send me a message and I'll talk to you. <laughs> I want you to be really strong, and I understand how how mental okay. abuse can work in different ways. Because uh, my sister is an expert in this field; she's a, a a mental health professional. If you're feeling uh, down or sad or depressed, then perhaps you should go and see a doctor as well. 
and just have a talk. Are you do you have access to a doctor mm-hmm. alone? Um, not alone. I don't think so. Do you have? I don't uh, think my parents would approve of going to a doctor. But what would happen if you were hurt physically? I mean, it's it's a um, private. It's a no, private I, I mean they don't like. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Tell me what you're going to say. Uh, yeah, uh, mental issues here. You know, there. If you go to a mental um, doctor, you know, you're frowned upon. I think they they don't see depression as a serious illness here. You know, they think okay. you're just a teenager with hormones, and you'll get over it. Well, many people so don't. I don't think you have access to that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they don't. How would you like me to um, treat this discussion? Would you like it to be very private? You know, I'll do whatever you want with it. If you want it public, then it's fine. No, no, that's not my decision. <laughs> I want to do what would help you. <laughs> I think... Well, I think exposure would be good, you know, so people are more aware of what's happening to people like me, I guess. I don't want to do anything that would put you at risk. At all. Mm. If you would like me to record something and turn it into a podcast and keep it entirely anonymous, I could do that. But I don't think that would necessarily help you. What I would like to do is just make sure that you're okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm okay now. I'm better. I mean, after talking to someone, because if I didn't talk to anyone, I would burst right there. Um, I can't ask you to make a promise to me, but I can ask you to consider that if you feel this way again, and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and you you can't get in touch with me, don't do anything dangerous or silly, and don't provoke a fight, and don't put yourself at risk. Okay. Uh, I think it would be sensible to maybe go for a walk or go and um, speak to a friend, somebody close. Um, Mm -hmm. If you can... Try and message me, then message me. Maybe write it down, and you you can send me an email, and I can I did. read it. <laughs> oh, did you? I haven't. Uh, I, I was just yeah. Asleep. I wrote before I talked to you. I was. Oh, okay. Look, oh no, I didn't write it to you. I wrote it uh, for myself. That's oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's that's really good. Keep a record of it. Okay. Okay. But never act. Whenever I do anything important or make a big decision that can change my life, I always write it down and then I go to sleep and then I wake up the next morning and I read it again. And then I ask myself, do I still agree with this? Is there something I can do to change it? What's the best thing that I can Mm do? I think that might be a little bit helpful. Maybe a little bit. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I just want one advice on one last thing on... Do you think I should just apologize to my parents, tell them that I do believe and that it was all a big misunderstanding for my safety? What I mean is, should I lie? I think you need to prioritize your well-being, your safety. Now, I can't really 
tell you to lie, but I think there are situations where not telling the truth mm. is the best outcome because it will get to a point where you're able to go and sustain yourself and move away and, and be free, hopefully. I mean, yeah. that's the goal. Now, yeah. I would just... Um, I don't know. You could dismiss it as, as, oh, look, I was really tired. I was just frustrated. Mm. I, I want to... I'm sorry, guys. Let's move on. Mm, okay. But I don't understand the context, and I don't understand your family. Yeah. That's... I would prioritize your safety first. Put it that way. Oh, okay. So, just remember, you've got one life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you have an opportunity to do something good for yourself and good for other people. And you have to overcome some difficult situations before that can happen. Okay. I think you're very strong. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> do you feel a bit better? Yeah. yeah. There's a little bit of hope now. <laughs> no. What are you going to do after this call? Go outside. Yeah? And then just take a walk, I guess. Some fresh air. Good. Alright. Alright, I'm sorry for coming so, you know, surprising you like that. <laughs> no, that's fine. Do you want to talk about anything else? No, I thank you so much for being here. Listening to me rant. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I'll do what I can for you. Okay. But um, you just make sure you stay safe and just keep in touch, all right? Okay. Thanks. Okay. You look okay. after yourself. Okay, you too. Bye. Have a good day.